Don't Get Got, Jojo Rabbit and Chuchel. This is Staying In. I had to faff around with my computer actually and pull out the old hard drive because it was starting to make a mechanical sound. It was like... And I was like, oh no. It sounded like it... That's not mechanical, that's yeah. human. <laughs> there, was a, there was a human inside. Um, Just a little hamster on a wheel. <laughs> like it's a Flint, it's like a Flintstones PC. <laughs> it's literally R two D two. Do you know? I, I, I okay. You went to Flintstones. I've just finished uh, listening to. Uh, I'm halfway through the H. G. Wells book collection. The second book in the collection is a, 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 a um is a story called The First Men in the Moon, and there's a there are these aliens in it, and they've completely diversified to the point that they have. They, uh, the HG Wells describes some of them as the British Library on the Moon is actually people because they they remember everything. Some that some of them are designed to be rememberers, and then some people are they're like um, weavers because they are they mechan- they 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 are able to do things with their body that's more physically putting things together. Hmm. And uh, I found that idea absolutely fascinating. I found it. Unbelievably fascinating. Do you know he's good? He's good as that HG Wells. I didn't I, catch it. It's. It turns out War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds is pretty good. War of the Worlds is an exceptional piece of work. So you're halfway through, Pete. So you haven't got yet to the worlds bit. <laughs> no, I've 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 uh, I've done War of the Worlds. I've done First Men in the Moon, and I'm halfway through the Time Machine, in which HG Wells invents the phrase time machine which i think is pretty it's like i i had no idea it was so like pioneering i mean i want to pick pete <laughs> up on the fact that he feels he invented the word time machine you know he invented the juxtaposition <laughs> of two already existing words yeah the phrase i said he, the, he phrase. Invented the he, phrase time he, he came up with the phrase time machine okay. yeah yeah it's not it's not quite jm barry creating a whole new first person's name but fair enough <laughs> oh man well sorry yeah no wells Mm, nothing no, nothing doing like absolute what well, i don't even know yeah, what well, you bothering. well you well no 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 it's bloody easy to put two words together like go lamp on. paper there we go a piece of paper that shines like a lamp and you can put everywhere but try and create a first person's name that's never been heard before that legitimately sounds good uh zordan you mean you mean the leader of the power rangers no hang on again that's that's just zordon that's zordon <laughs> No, 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 not Zordon. That's my father, Zordan. <laughs> that's def- that's definitely already a name that exists. Zordan. Z o r d a n. Zordan is a surname. Ah, uh, surname, first name. Well, that's cheating. No, you can't no, just take. Uh, can't... No, no, I've done it. So you know what I'm saying is I'm better than H. G. Wells. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's generally cheating if you. If you're just using surnames as first names. Okay, what about require? How are you spelling? R-I R-I Q Q U-I Yeah O If it is, I'm going to be furious. I think you might have I think you might have done it. I've done it. Literary genius. Yeah, but yeah, but that yeah. So we've established that's not an actual name. Are we saying that's a good name? Yeah. <laughs> also, also in terms of spelling, require 
R-I-Q-U-I-O. Yeah. Require. I mean, Requio. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, that's, that's Requio. Um, can, okay, can we just, can we just uh, take a tally? Who invented the name? It was me. So who gets to say what the spelling is? It was me. So he's got you there, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so obviously, obviously, all names have have meaning. My name means heard by God in Hebrew, as we all know. Yes, as we all um, know. Yep. So what what does require mean? Yeah. What what's the etymology of require? Also, also, is it gender specific? Are we require? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's not gender specific. It's it's kind of like Robin in that it's kind of like gender neutral. I would say it means um, it means baker of souls. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> baker of souls. Is this the first recording in twenty twenty? It is our first. It's the first time we have been congregated together since 2019 ticked over oh that's nice 2020 20 plenty that's what i'm calling it oh yeah yeah 20 plenty of getting stuff done that's the that's my motto for 2020 join us in a year's time to find out if that caught on oh yeah but, but <laughs> i think but didn't you but didn't you give up new year's resolutions yeah Wasn't i did like yeah yeah thing? it's not so, a new year's so resolution surely, why how is this not a resolution it's yeah. not a resolution it's more it's just, of a, it's just a, a pun inspired resolution it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah it's, we, a, it's a mantra it's a um it's like an affirmation of uh new year new me new play on puns <laughs> that's a resolution <laughs> uh so um but yeah 20 plenty 20 plenty of getting stuff it's just done. it's not a resolution it's just pete's resolving to kind of do things a bit differently and how is that a resolution he's, Damn, he's resolving that, that he's going to do these specific things over the next 12 months but it's not Listen, a resolution it's 20 plenty so i haven't got time for this this debate is pointless um uh so basically it's, it's about like it's about like I don't know about you guys, but like I am absolutely a slave to my mobile phone when I get home. Like as soon as I get home, I'm like, I just want to sit on the couch. I just play around on my phone for like five ten minutes because like my head's already full of stuff. Like I I always feel like that, and then it's always like twenty minutes and maybe half an hour and forty minutes, and then I'm just just faffing around like doing nothing on my nope. phone. You, you don't, nope. yeah, but you're very disciplined. You're a very disciplined person, Sam, and I definitely do that. I definitely get into this mind state of I'll just have sort of like low grade anxiety by sort of vaguely scrolling through Twitter and seeing the world collapse. Whereas whereas what I really want to be doing is like reading or like playing a game or talking with my loved ones. This idea of like, like there's so many, I can't remember who it was. There was a really interesting tweet the other day about like, like people have forgotten how to have hobbies. People have forgotten how to have like just derive pleasure from doing something for yourself. Not everything yeah. needs to be a side hustle. Not everything needs yeah, to. Not make everything money. needs to be monetized. And right, yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever used to put like hobbies and pastimes on your CV when you were like fifteen, sixteen? Yep. I yeah, still do. I still do, it's mate. Still there. Yeah, it's yeah, really I, important. I, I've got a. I've got. Don't get me wrong. It's a small, small element of my CV, but it's yeah, there. it's like a sentence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it always says reading. It always says reading and walking. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, yours is like yours is like. Listen, I have some really strong opinions on Euro games. <laughs> all right, um, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I find that stuff really important. In fact, um, yeah, you have a sentence on it, and the, the trick on a CV with hobbies is include a hobby that is so weird they have to invite you in for an interview to find out really what it's all about. 
What's the weirdest hobby you've had on a CV? That I've put on a CV? No, that you've received. Oh, that I've received and read. Um, we had, I had somebody... Um, Careful. Uh, I, a friend of mine, here you go, here, here you go. Here's, here's one thing. It wasn't quite on a CV, but it's a good example. A friend of mine, he went for a job at, um, he went for a job at Sega and um, they said, is there anything that you would, um, shows that you really love the Sega brand that you, you know, that shows your commitment to, you know, loving Sega over a period of time? Because this was for, <laughs> this was for a role that was about like getting people uh-huh. excited about the, 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 the brand basically. And, um, and he, uh, he, he pulled up the side of his hair. Because when he was in Japan doing a tour of Japan to go and see all the cool places, he went and got a full side of his head tattoo of the Sega logo. And he showed that in his interview. And they were like, can we take a photo of this for our LinkedIn? And it was like, he said to me, that was the point at which I knew I'd got the job. <laughs> I was like, yes, you did. And yeah, he, uh, he absolutely nailed it. So uh, I've just I've just gone to responsewebrecruitment.co.uk. Okay. And I've got <laughs> their I've got their 100 funniest things that they've ever read. Oh, I love it! Uh, and unfortunately, um, yeah, the link that takes me to the second 50 uh, funniest things that they've read on CVs doesn't work. Uh, it's a page not found. So we'll just do the top 50. Okay, top 50. Um, do it. These are uh, these are apparently real CVs that were handed in to um response web recruitment okay so um throughout the throughout the show i'll just ask you to give you give me each a number from one to 50 okay um and i'll make a note of what numbers you pick so we don't repeat them and i'll just and i'll just read out what they were on this on a cv uh can i have the number 14 employment history whilst working in this role i had intercourse (laughs) with (laughs) a <laughs> what? With a, with a variety of people. Okay. Yeah. Pete, do, do you want one? Uh yeah, yeah, and I know I know why they've used I know why they've used that word as well. Um 27. 27. <sighs> Key skills. This is this is a good one. Keeping family home clean, tidy and hygienic. Undertaking basic DIY operating domestic tasks like cleaning, washing, cooking, dealing with <laughs> emergencies <laughs> smoothly, <laughs> Deal- <laughs> dealing with health issues, supervising, supporting, guiding, and organising children. Uh, and, and, and Dan? Uh, I'm going to go with 17. 17. Ooh. Hobbies. Enjoy cooking Chinese and Italians. <laughs> <laughs> Is this all the same CV? Sam, did you manage to play any more uh, sort of... I know you're a big fan of, like, social games. Did you manage to play any Christmas stuff? Oh, yes. Christmas. Always a great time for the social gamer in your life, <laughs> I guess. Um, my wife yeah. was ill through through christmas that's because she hugged me yeah because she hugged chris and chris said please don't hug me because you'll get ill and she said oh it doesn't matter but she did um so christmas day we played um a little bit of monica's 
and some medium and <laughs> a little bit of Monica. <laughs> and um Monica's is always is always a great hit. Yes. Um the highlight this year was my dad. He's a highlight every year to be fair. <laughs> my 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 surname is Turner. Sure. Okay. Yes. No one knows my first name, but it's Turner, the surname. Okay. So in Monica's the first round, you get a card, you've got to describe to your team what's on the card. My dad got Tina Turner, right? And you'd think, easy. <sighs> Verbatim, yep. this is how my dad described this to the team. Her first name and second name have the same first letter as my surname. <laughs> right, yeah, all right. <sighs> hey... So that was Christmas. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to run, uh, kind of run the cogs of my head through the thought process that didn't go to. It's the same surname. It's as also me. my name. Yeah, <laughs> like... <my> <laughs> yeah. Draw attention to the surname and the fact that the surnames kind of yeah. match, but don't actually state the fact that they actually match. Yeah. Only, only identify the fact that the first letters are the same. Brilliant. But the most fun I had um, over the Christmas period was playing a game that doesn't need a board, doesn't need a timer, doesn't need a table, doesn't need chairs, doesn't require any of that. All it requires is two to eight people who are happy to spend most of a lovely evening Slightly paranoid and <laughs> suspicious of every single person in the room who's also playing the game. That's just my everything. I, th- I think so. I think using the term "slightly paranoid" is somewhat under understating the level of paranoia that is inflicted upon the group. Having I I also played this on Christmas. I actually played this on Christmas Day. What's it um, called? What's it called? What's it called, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I was building up the tension. This is this is don't get got. From Big Potato Games. Oh, lovely Big Potato. Now, have we, talk- have we talked about this game before? No, we've talked about 20 Second Showdown from Big Potato Ah, Games. that's where I recognise the name. Uh, but we've not talked about Don't Get Got. So, um, yeah, so I got the big box version of it. And Fancy. Dan was lucky enough to get the Christmas version of the... I did. I got, I got, the fe- I got a festive Christmas got version. got a festive version. So I, I, I think there are some differences between the two, between two things. But if, you're, if you get the big box version, what you get inside is you get all these little cards and then you get uh, eight of these yellow plastic wallets that if you ever were lucky enough to be part of the Beano Club when you were, when you were a kid... It's like the little plastic wallets you got you got then. Yes. What? Or like for more of an up to date reference, the plastic wallet you keep your oyster card in, even though no one has oyster cards anymore. So keep Oh my god. I'm I'm seeing this Beano plastic wallet and it is this is some serious memories coming back. Yeah. He's having yeah, a Proustian moment. Um like a like your school bus pass, Sam. Something like that. School bus pass. So basically a little plastic wallet that you can put into your back pocket and carry you with you and essentially what you do when you start the game is uh, and this is wonderful because I played this game twice first time you played it 
uh, me, Chris, my wife, his partner, and a friend of ours were all going for this lovely wine and cheese evening. Yep. Um, and we all sat in. We all sat in my car before we started, and I got the game out and um, basically asked everyone if they wanted to play, and they were all on board. And so I give everyone their wallets, and then five basically small cards which slot into these five um, little plastic slots. And on each of those cards is written a task or they're more like pranks more than anything i i mean i'm hesitant to ruin anything that's in this game because the joy is not knowing what people might be doing yeah hence the suspicion and paranoia so I'll, all i'll say all i'll give as examples is a three that are on the back and one for later on so the three that are on the back of the box are tell a player something is voice activated and get them to try it um, make a player yawn or hide this card in a jar and get a player to open it. So the idea of the game is you've got this wallet which is filled with these five tasks and through the course of an evening or maybe even a weekend or even a week you can play this game over any sort of time period that, that you define with your friends or family, God help you, um, and you're basically trying to get as many of these tasks completed without the other players knowing that you're completing these specific tasks. Now, the game says it's the first to three tasks wins, but we kind of just played until like the end of the evening, didn't we, Chris? Well, I didn't even know there was that first to three. That's exactly what we did as well. Uh, we, we, we literally played the entire evening and my neighbour was there. He'd invited us to go to this event, which was a great evening. But we were constantly yeah. looking around the table, suspicious constantly of any action, any movement, anything said <laughs> by the other person. It was quite a weird... It was like we were rehearsing a play. Yeah. And we were just trying to remember our lines. So I would just say something innocently, like, could you pass this? And people go, no. I was like, no. Well, no, 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 Chris, you're just slightly embellishing, I think, the truth somewhat. Because there is, there is, a, there is a rule in Don't Get Got, which is... At any point, another player can ask of another player if what they're doing is part of the game, and they have to be one hundred percent honest. And if they are, and if what they are doing is part of a task they're trying to complete, they have to say it is, and then they fail that task. Oh, you take I out, that. Then you take out the little um, card, and you can fold it over. And on one side, it's got failed it, and one of the other types, it's got nailed it. So you, you're keeping track of what you're sign of succeeding and you're failing at. So, like, I agree with you. That level of suspicion and paranoia is there, but I think the game manages to handle it very well. That very oh, it's easily. hilarious. You just, ask, you just ask someone, is this part of the game? And they go, no. You go, right, carry on with your conversation. But, but equally, you take pleasure in the fact, because these, these wallets are bright yellow, you're less yes. likely to kind of get them out of your pocket because you're going to just draw attention to other people mm-hmm. in this area. So it, you take great pleasure in the fact that even though you don't know what the other players' aims are, you all know that you you know something that everyone else in this room doesn't know. And that itself yeah. gives you a sense of pleasure. But it's also important to say that we've all got a task that is one task that we all have, for example. Yes. So there is one thing that we're constantly on the guard for because we all have that same task. Yeah, and it's a task that can't be failed. So you can go at this task however many times you want to do it. You can't fail at it. Everyone knows what you're trying to do. And all that task is um, say, guess what, and get another player to say what. So we were having this lovely like 
sit down meal. Yeah. And there'd just be some silence and like Chris would turn to me and just be like, guess what? And I'd have to be like, what? And I think in a way, those little pockets of like joy and celebration and competition is what summed up Don't Get Got for me is that like we were having this nice meal um, and the second time I played it, we were having this bigger Christmas party. And after the first sort of 10, 15 minutes where people realize that they can't just like hammer out all of their tasks in one go and they realize that, hang on, I'm going to have to be a bit more clever about this Mm. and really think about how I'm going to get, right, who am I going to pick for this task? How am I going to get them in that position to do this? that for me that paranoia and suspicion sort of dies away and the minute it starts simmering in the background that's when this game sort of leaps into the foreground because you'll just be doing something and then suddenly someone would just like if it happens to you even though you're losing technically it's wonderful that you'll just be having a conversation with someone and then they'll just put their hand in their pocket and then like just like turn over a card saying they've nailed something and that's just like for me, like I love those moments because then everyone goes like, oh, what have they done? What have they done? Oh, oh my God, I can't believe they managed. And then you tell the story of how you managed to create that, to create that element, to, to put that person in that position. So when we were playing with Chris and when I was playing with my family and stuff, it was just like we could get on with our, with our party. We could get on with like having a meal and just like catching up. And if anything we did was something suspicious then it, we could easily just snap out, snap back into it and just carry on with the meal. But then when something happened, immediately it was just like this moment of like joy and like questions and investigation and wanting to know more about, like everyone enjoyed everyone else succeeding. And I just love that part of the game yeah. where, you know, the game wants you to be creative and inventive, but I want to hear like how Dan got along with it and like the differences between the two because I don't think you you didn't get the wallets in your version no no so for me uh, because I also had the Christmas um, version um, and I played this on Christmas Mm. Day with kind of all all my family Um, um, and so for that all I really got was the kind of the standard cards um, which were just the tasks and then I got the um, the cards of the guess what cards so that that's all I had so I didn't have kind of the extra bits as well so everyone just ends up having six cards that all at the same and then you kind of play like that um and again we played we played it in a way of just we'll just play until seven o'clock and then that's where we'll check scores and stuff i think that i think that's the best way to do it yeah i just i just think because once you get to three and then once someone's won then everyone people because it's especially for me because it was christmas you're kind of like well i'm just gonna enjoy the rest of my day now i'm not gonna worry about it but what I did find fascinating, you've you've obviously talked about it, was just that sense. Because I was really excited about playing it. And we eventually got everyone in the room together. Because obviously people are cooking dinner and doing all different pieces. Yeah, eventually yeah. got them all together and explained it to the people. And obviously it's a very easy game. As soon as you've got the cards, you completely understand how the game is played. And what you've got to yeah, do. There's, yeah. there's very little kind of... Um, even for people who don't play games in this way, there's, there's very little kind of um, stuff you have to explain because it's all very self-explanatory. But what I loved about it was that sense of that it wasn't something that you all... I, I mean, I love sitting down to play board games, but this wasn't a game that you sit mm-hmm. down and play. It doesn't take a no. portion of your day out and say, this is where we're going to play a game. We'll play right. games later on. But what it is, because we did it right at the start of the day, we said, okay, 
this is just a game for our day now. And what was fascinating was as soon as those cards went out, immediately paranoia set in. Immediately, everyone starts questioning every single thing everyone is saying. And also... Everyone is looking at other people to try and work out what are you doing? What? Why are you? Why are you? Why have you got your arm? What's arm-rounder? your game plan? Why are yeah. you standing there like that? Yeah. What are you trying to do? And what was brilliant is, um, they're all kind of I played with kind of um my wife or her sisters, kind of brother-in-law, mother-in-law, that stuff things. But also uh my nephew who's eleven, um, which is just kind of on um. on, on the cusp of kind of kind of like a, a, a good age for him. So he got the cards and he obviously loved it, but he's paranoia set in and he was just kind of how do i do this oh my I, gosh I, part of me felt sorry because i feel like a ruined part at least part of his christmas because he was just kind of so focused. <laughs> don't eat the turkey i was he was so focused on how he could and he couldn't figure out and he was trying to come up with plans about how he could do it mm. and what you find is you find people kind of trying to work out the weak link in the group who could you get away with getting some <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah you yeah. did that it, sam definitely i actually because a lot of the cards that I got, I ended up really struggling to be able to do them. I just there was just no real way of me being able to do it. Um, mm. One thing, I, one thing I had to get. I will say this one, and I, I it's probably a bit easier for me to say. Spoilers, not as much of a problem because it's a Christmassy one. Um, I had to try and get someone to Google or convince someone that Christmas was originally called Crizzle Mizzle. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Named so, by Peter Wellington. <laughs> So what I, I came up with the idea was, okay, what I'll do is I'll pretend that my kind of my cracker has a fact in it talking about Crystal Mizzle Clever. and I'll do it. I planned it all out. So I was like, yes, I could do this. It's going to be awesome because it's going to be a really tough one. I'm going to get it. Sat down and um, one of Holly's, one of my wife's sisters had brought the crackers. But what they'd done was they'd removed the stuff from inside and made their own insides. So we all opened oh, it, and I was like, no. "Oh no!" It's <laughs> like the only way I could do this, <laughs> and it's been taken away from me. Um, so I got to the, I got like midway through that, I was like, "I can't do some of these." They're just there's, the possibility is just not really there for me. Yeah, yeah. But I then mm. then loved just watching other people and trying to spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are you, what are you? That's you're being a bit odd over there. What are you doing? Why are you lingering over there? What are you, what are you doing? And just trying to, and I just find that fascinating. I kind of, I gave up the desire to want to win and just if, if opportunity arose that i could get something brilliant but i was happy just to watch people enjoy that kind of paranoia and watch people try and formulate plans and that was the best bit everyone was trying to work out a plan of getting someone to do something and that's the best thing i found about the cards is that every single of the tasks that i saw every single task was more or less simple enough but it was just just a little bit challenging. So none of yeah. them were quite completely... I mean, the Crystal Mizzle one was a slightly outlandish, but none of them were completely outlandish that someone would call you on it immediately. However, none of them are also dead dead simple, so it's not pass me the turkey or something like that, because that would just be so simple. It would be yeah. um, get someone to take turkey off my plate. That would be, again, just taking it one step beyond a basic action and i think that's what made it work so well that suddenly anything could you, you the things that you would never yeah, question yeah. you start to question everything then i i agree with you dan just that flexibility that um seeing what other people are planning and enjoying like the stories that are woven within that like i'll i'll briefly share with you my two favorite moments and don't get got one 
was on the wine evening with Chris. My wife disappeared um, to because there was a little wine shop. And then she sent me two JPEGs on WhatsApp. I was like, huh, that's a bit weird. With the with the question, which one? And I opened the first JPEG and it was of a bottle of wine. So then they opened the second JPEG, but it turned out to be a picture of her don't get got card, which said, put this in a file and get another player to open it. Jeez. It was absolutely staggeringly brilliant. And for me, the joy was like, obviously she succeeded. And whatever, my wife succeeds, I succeed. But then... Being able to like share that story with yeah, everyone else playing the game so smart. was brilliant. And then my own personal victory was at our Christmas party. And mine was put a plaster on and get a player to comment on it. So I went in the kitchen, put a plaster on. Where did you put it on, Sam? I put it on the back of my right hand. And I sat there for an hour. No one noticed. No one was doing anything. No one noticed at all. It was like a skin-coloured plaster. So then I went into the kitchen and uh, got a bit of tomato ketchup. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> and, I just, and I just applied it around the top of the plaster and then went back into the room. 30 minutes later, my brother-in-law comes up to me and goes, oh, have you hurt your hand? And I went... Nope. <laughs> <Pulled out laughs> and then just flipped it around. Oh, it's fantastic. Why didn't oh, why so didn't you just fun. like put it over one of your eyes or something? Because then people are gonna go, yeah. is that part of the game? Oh like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And of then course. I and then I fail. So I had to think about like how to draw attention to it, but also make <laughs> I love these kind of pervasive games. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. And is it reason is it reasonably priced, Sam? Yeah, about twenty quid. Probably less. That feels yeah. about right. But but the quality components are really, really good because you need something robust if you're going to have it yeah. lodged in your back pocket. Yeah, and definitely people are going to be drinking and eating around it. Exactly. No, I loved it. I'd happily play that again. And I'm not big on party games, but I'd happily play that again. Like if if we're ever if we're lucky enough to meet up this year and go and climb a mountain again or something stupid, then it's the perfect thing to like at the start of the day just get it set up and then just kind of just see what happens at the end of the ge- at the end of the day see who's got the most like wins or successes or failures and that's it it's great it's really good sam number 45 please oh 45 hang on number 45 of the funniest things that response web recruitment have had on uh cv key skills i have extensive experience with foreign accents <laughs> what <laughs> not languages accents <laughs> so yeah at first when i read it i thought hang on that's a pretty good skill but then realized no it's accents oh man <laughs> oh, gosh like an actor's cv um can i have Repeat. can i have num? can i have number 50 50 right hobbies yeah here we go painting my toenails in varying colors that's nice is that a hobby though I mean, anything's a hobby. It it depends. It depends what you're painting on them. <laughs> it's like the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, if, you, if you're painting the Mona Lisa, then yeah, yeah that's a hobby. But I would argue. I argue it's not a hobby unless there's a magazine devoted to it. Oh, there'll be. Oh, mate, I don't know if you've seen the state of print, but there will definitely be a magazine devoted to it. 
Really? Oh, dude, there's four koi monthlies. Dan? Number one. <sighs> okay. Biggie. I, I've just seen some great ones. I'm going to have to pick some of these out at the end. Uh, achievements. I came first in the school long distance race. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me saying when I won the year eight boys cross country and I was the only year eight boy who entered. <laughs> and I had like an awards ceremony and everything. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick out a personal fave of mine every every time we do this. My my favourite so far is number two, which is hobbies. Horse riding with an E. Like going pub when haven't got my kids. <laughs> Looking after kids and doing stuff with them when they ain't at school. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, that is that is <laughs> that is a real slice of someone's life, isn't it, really? Yeah. What a snapshot. We had a friend, a friend of ours. We all studied with. He 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 told an agency that he could horse ride. He said he hadn't horse ridden a horse for like <laughs> nine years, and he also said, he, but he didn't tell him he hadn't ridden a horse for like the twenty years or so before that. He basically, <laughs> never ridden a horse, and he turned up for this acting job, having to ride a horse in front of like over a thousand people. <laughs> what a blagger! But at least he didn't put as number thirty nine on this list key skills, quick learner. Learner spelt L-E-R-N-E-R. So, apart from spelling... Good at maths and spelling. (laughs) (laughs) Spelling's got one L. That's not real. Oh, my gosh. That's not real. That one's not real. That can't be real. (laughs) That can't be. So, it's, it's 2019... It's, it's not. not, mate. It's not. It's 2020. Oh, crap. Yeah, it's 20 plenty. Sorry, 20, I'm just 20. looking at... It's I'm 20 plenty. At so let's just scrub that. But knowing Sam, who's editing this, he'll yeah. keep that in. Of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> because yeah. we had a whole discussion earlier about how it's not 2019 anymore. No. What rhymes in 19, Pete? Give me that. What was your 19 thing last year? What rhymes Grind-teened. in Grinding. That was it, yeah. <laughs> 20 grinding. Yeah. He spent the entire year just grinding. Yeah. Just his teeth, mainly. So it's 2020. I know what you're thinking. Where's my satire fix? Uh, Sam and I went to the cinema and we introduced my partner to the Odeon Deluxe. Oh, oh, oh. She walked out, Sam. Oh. She said, I don't want to go into any other cinema than this one. Do you have to, do you have to no. sip your uh, litre of Coke with your little finger out? Like... It's actually it's in a brandy glass, Pete. It's just between my fingers and oh. my hands nestling and I just kind of... Just, just swirling it. I mean, I did have a litre of Coke. The last 30 minutes of the film we're about to talk about are literally forgotten to me because I was focusing so much on not wearing <laughs> A litre. A litre, Chris. I know. I took a leaf I took a leaf out of your father-in-law's book, Sam. I know it's only a quid more for large, but it is just not worth I severely regretted it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> honestly. You also realise you don't have to drink it all. Oh, I, of course you do, Sam. I'm damn sorry. You can't stop, It's though. five pounds for that litre. You've exactly. got to drink it. You're spending five pounds on a litre of Coke. You are drinking it. I've got to wait for Sam to come up with his next grift. <laughs> and so I'm talking about Jojo Rabbit uh, by Taika Waititi, who's a director I really, really love. Everson's Eagle vs. Shark. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People, which in my opinion is his best film. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, which we have talked about before on the pod. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Two mixed reviews. Yeah. And um, this is a film that it's important to state first. This is a film that is set in Germany 
towards the end of World War II, and it's the fact that he's deliberately set it towards the end of World War II that is crucial. Um, it's an adaptation of Christine Noonan's book, Caging Skies, that he wrote years ago. Like He wrote it way before he did Hunt for the Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows, and it's just been sat there kind of gathering dust, this script. And it's very interesting hearing that because when you watch it, part of me thinks this feels like an early one of his early films but mm. but 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 to some extent also there's a degree of lessons learned from previous films it does feel like his newest film but that it's it's an interesting kind of toing and froing in that regard so what you have is the end of the second world war in germany told seen through the eyes of a young boy who was a member of the hitler youth uh called uh, johannes or jojo is his nickname who um his who has this kind of blind youthful fanaticism for uh, Nazism and Adolf Hitler, who was essentially his hero, but he's surrounded by adults who are quickly realizing that the war is ending, whether they're adults who are fully in agreement with initially with Nazism or those who are secretly against it. So you've got the youth trying to kind of fit in and think, oh, yeah, this is very, very cool, whilst adults are very much jaded and very clear an understanding of the fact that the war is ending and it's not going to end in their favour. Uh, or it's just going to end and there'll be peace and thank, oh, thankfully there will be this. And so it's told through the eyes of this child. And I suppose the linchpin or the hook of this film is the fact that he has an imaginary friend and that imaginary friend is a version of Adolf Hitler who this child has never met. He's only seen on posters and in films and seen in propaganda. And that Hitler is played by the director, Taika Waititi. And what you have are the kind of major trademarks of Waititi film, that kind of deadpan humour. And a bit like Hunt for the Wilder People, it, it flirts with fantasy, a little bit more so in this film, obviously, when you've got Adolf Hitler played by, to quote the director, a half Polynesian, half Jewish man. Hmm. Uh and 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 already yeah there's 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 comedy there but and it and as Dan alluded to this film has been a little bit polarizing amongst the some of the critical voices who don't who find its it swings from tragedy to comedy quite strong that the pendulum does swing quite mm. fast and I was very apprehensive going into this film but I really enjoyed it and I think it is because of those hard swings it both pulls punches in the sense there's lots of brevity, there's lots of humour. You laugh out loud. I mean, Sam was guffawing as he usually does, and that's a as good usual. indicator. And but equally, it does it doesn't pull punches, and it suddenly it, it goes back and forth between them. Like you feel like you're shadow boxing, and then somebody punches you in the face, and then suddenly you're back to shadow boxing and you're laughing again. And I I can imagine for some critics that would be quite off putting, but um. What what makes this a, a fantastic piece is the fact that, he, and, and Taika Waititi says this is his most mature film, and I think he said that for a reason. And he, he and I've listened to a lot of interviews with him about this film. He gets quite prickly because he's sensing the fact that people are just going to instantly pounce on the fact that this, on face value, is quite controversial subject matter. But actually, it's it's not so much a film about World War Two as it's a film about just hate in general. And it's an anti-hate film. Mm. And it's... And I think if you ignore its context of World War Two, there's a reason why you don't see any footage of Adolf Hitler in it. You the only version of Hitler you see is the imaginary version of Hitler, yeah. seen through the eyes of Jojo. That's quite telling. It's a, it's it's more an allegory than it is trying to be a a magical realist version of what it was at that time. And it doesn't shy away from the realism at all. Um, there's a sequence where 
um, a character played by Rebel Wilson towards the end of the war, she has strapped grenades to the back of children. She pulls the cord and pushes them out and asks and shouts to them to go and hug the nearest American. Well, well, it it does it does shy away from some sort of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's not forget the certificate. Of the film it's a twelve A, so it yeah. But I think when quite and quite interestingly, when Taika says that this is his most mature film, I think I find that quite interesting. When everything that f- this film does is through the eyes of a ten year old. Yeah, that that's the key thing because I was trying to think of a, the most recent satirical film I've seen around a similar time, not best, but like I think like the death of Stalin, for example, yes. which is set in the USSR in 1950, Armando Inucci, which is told through adults just bickering. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's there's no there's no real emotion in there per se that is that kind of heartfelt kind, which you do get in this in Spade. There is this real heartfelt emotion of a child struggling to acclimatise the fact that the reality he knows and adores is crumbling around him and realising that actually, where, what's my place in this world? As a young, um, ch- as a child about to become a teenager, which is a difficult time anyway, and all these things, these heroes of his, people he adores, aren't that fact. And I think what's quite telling is when you've got people like Sam Rockwell's character, who is this general who himself is jaded and he has to put on this persona of the war is going great for the kids in the Hitler Youth. So there's a lot here to unpack. And I'm so glad I saw this film because it is genuinely hilarious. And as much as we can kind of talk about the kind of the serious subject matter, which is obviously prevalent here, it is a hilarious film. I just think just be prepared to get a little a, a punch in the face occasionally, which you need to have when you're talking about this subject matter. I would say that that it sounds like a lot of that um, sort of 1960s, 1970s, quite um, quite sort of like that sort of resurgence in like Brechtian theatre that happened, where it was like taking. It re- did make me think of Brechtian, like really yeah. taking really quite difficult subject matters and making comedy out of it, so that when it did turn dark the impact was much like really much much greater whereas like you know in contrast to you know something whereby it's dark 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 and then the like you know you're just constantly feeling like oh god this is absolutely dreadful but the kind of it's almost like there's there's a, there's an you sort of like settle into how bad it is and nothing really shocks you anymore whereas like when you when you intersperse it with comedy it's much more like Oh, okay. I guess like if it almost like um the the almost like reverse of this is like the producers, whereby whereby like the producers is very much a comedy, always going for comedy, and then every once in a while there'll be a line in it where you're like, "Oh, I don't like that." Like like that that's really quite dark. Yeah, that that's my level. That's my limit. That's my threshold. Right. I'd say, and I think, and I think what's quite interesting is what's the hut that the comedy for me lies in fact of the immaturity of the adults and the surprising maturity of the children, mm. particularly um, Yorgi, who is um, Jojo's best friend, played by Archie Yates, who is hilarious, who is a child that is basically, from what I understand, looks to be a forty-year-old man inside a child's <laughs> body, who who has this world-weary kind of way of talking about the world. <laughs> Like he's lived for like decades and he's like 11 and he just says, yeah, I mean, this is a quote from the film. It's, it's not a good time to be a Nazi right now. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, it, and, and, and those kind of moments there and, and comedy and tragedy, it's all about those misshapen juxtapositions. Sam, 18. 
18. Here we go. Funny things that have been on the CV. Oh. <laughs> That's a good sound. I love it when Sam does that laugh where he starts to wheeze. I love that. I live for that sound. Where it sounds as like he should be trying to catch a pigeon. <laughs> so sometimes sometimes I'll have the podcast playing and like Veronica will just hear it and she goes, oh, Sam's laugh. <laughs> it just cuts through everything. I'm going to see an ear, nose and throat doctor tomorrow, so maybe that's symptomatic of something a bit serious. Anyway, uh, job job history. Job history. Yes. Career break in 1999 to renovate my horse. <laughs> uh, um, having an extension put in. Pete? I would like 49. Uh, 49. Down to the end of the list. Here we go. Uh, work experience. <laughs> Night stalker in Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> Other brands are available. Uh, Dan? Uh, 39. Key skill. Oh, no, we've had 39. Uh, that was key skills, quick learner, good at maths and spelling. I'll take, th- I'll take 32 <laughs> then, please, Sam. 32. Uh, right. Okay, <laughs> job history. Left last four jobs only because the managers were completely unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> that is a red flag. <laughs> Do not hire this person. And I think I think my favourite of this of this particular round is forty six cover letter. Please disregard the attached CV. It's totally outdated. What is oh wrong my god. with people? <laughs> oh. oh god. Oh, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Do you know what I completed the other day? Um, what did you complete? Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Well, I have a, I'm one of those poor saps who has the Microsoft Surface 2 tablet, which doesn't have very good games on it, but there's one good game on it, and that's Machinarium. It's the only oh, yes. good game mm. on my tablet. I did enjoy that game. I think it's the only game I completed on my iPad as well. Yeah, it's it is for some reason it's, it, that on a tablet just worked for me. There was something quite satisfying about just kind of that point. It was literally just point and click kind of thing. Um, I really, really love. And a fantastic soundtrack as oh, well. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, no, um, I actually, yeah, I listen to that sometimes when I'm at work. Um, but um, it's Amanita Design, or something. I can't remember. Yeah, Amanita Design. They, um, they're the people who ended up um so alex actually got one of her jobs because of them not at their thing but because the um the thing to get her job was um the art the lead artist at the studio said here's machinarium try and replicate the art style and it's like a really (laughs) odd it's it's like a really odd it's beautiful beautiful art style and she spent ages trying to replicate it and um the the uh, and but couldn't quite get to it because obviously draw all the lines and make it. You know she's really talented artist, but couldn't quite replicate it. And she was really banging her head against it. And then she passed the true test that was actually being set. She um, she went and did a load of research into how they did it because it turns out the person had done a um, had done a talk about it, and they used their weak hand for for drawing. So they were a very very talented artist. But they use their the opposite hand to the hand they would usually draw mm. with, and that's what that's creates fantastic. this slightly strange 
misshapen I love vision. That. So, and so Alex then copied it in terms of she then uh, 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 did the drawing with her other hand and provided that and was like and was like brilliant and that got her the job. Um, I've actually. That is a great fact. Isn't that a Pete? good fact? I actually played um, Chuchel uh, not super recently. Yes, now this is, yes, that was it. This is something I, I really wanted to play because mm. it's got a similar animation style. It looks really fun. Yeah, it looks, it, it, it looks a lot like, um, have you played Botanicular, which is one of the other Amanita design games? No, I haven't actually. Okay. I must um, so it's, um, it kind of pushes visually much more down the botanicular style, which is to say that it kind of looks a little bit photographic, uh, kind of um, almost um, like collaged together, um, with and then with 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 um, animation, kind of yeah, uh, with with everything being animated. Like it's very well put together. I don't want it to sound like it's just sort of photos moving across the thing. Um, and the. Um, but the actual like the thing that really drew me to it was the trailer for it, which is on the Google Play Store. So this is on. I I, I played this on mobile. I don't know if it's available elsewhere, but um, the trailer was a riot. Like like it from from the opening moment of like you know saying what this what this game is. Uh, all the way to the end of go and buy it now on this platform. It just it was just so intense. It was like go 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 go, and not in a sort of like Call of Duty doing sick headshots kind of thing, but like riotously funny. Lots and lots of physical humor, like uh, uh, lots of silliness and and loud music and loud noises and uh, intense color, just intense. And I just thought I've got to play this, so I grabbed it. And um, it is that all the way through, except for the moments in which you are thinking. It's the story of uh, a character called Chuchel, who is a little red um, uh, fuzzball um, with a little black hat. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, they're sort of a frenemy, I guess, like rival um, someone called Kekel. And Kekel uh, is uh, constantly trying to steal Chuchel's uh, a little fruit that he finds. It looks like a little cherry, and yeah. uh, Chuchel just wants to just wants to have the fruit, basically. And what happens then mm-hmm. is about two or three hours of how he gets into scrapes, the strange creatures that inhabit this weird land that Chuchel's part of, um, how Kakel manages to best him at, at the last minute in a lot of scenes, um, and um, there's a, a great sense. of of Chuchel is very small and everything else around him he seems to be a very small character in a very big world um but Chuchel is just full of energy and like like really uh he he's like did you ever watch Stop It and Tidy Up back in the day I was literally just about to say that it honestly does remind right. me of that Stop It and Tidy right. Up it, yeah. it, it's kind of like Stop It and Tidy Up um and he is um he's uh, stop it basically he's this little ball of red energy and um and he's like like the the big thing he does is he goes Aah! like that's just this he gets like really upset about things he's always really angry but in a very cute kind of way um and mm. um yeah and 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 you figure your way out figure your way through these environments um just in this very strange comedy game um the audio as well, I, I really want to point to that. It's all created by one person, which isn't 
so different. But it's all created with physical, uh, physically by them. So um, a lot of the times they'll they'll have, uh, let's say, for example, Chuchel is climbing up a pipe, let's say, or something along those lines. The person who created the audio will f- make the sound themselves. Like they'll go, or... Kind of like photo yeah, artwork. Yeah. So, and yeah. like, but they, yeah, as I say, they'll, they'll put everything together themselves. And everything feels really... Again, like botanicula, feels very um, botanicula feels natural. This definitely feels very um, material. It feel, feels like very tactile, just simply because everything feels like yeah, everything feels really handmade and handcrafted. I think I think for me, I think all the the things that you've mentioned, P, in terms of kind of the the feel of the game being quite tactile and the way they use sound and stuff. For me, because I've I've played it um, on mobiles, so I played it on on the iPad. Um, the the sense I got, my feeling as I kind of was playing it was like, this feels like what it must be like to kind of go on like an acid trip or something like that. They're just like the the visuals and what it's doing and everything that's happening. It's so weird and kind of unusual yeah. and just the use of colors and the use of um, shapes and some of the imagery that it invokes is kind of like really bizarre and really kind of unique and kind of I was, as I was watching it it was kind of like trying to get my head around both the puzzles but also just the visuals of everything it was just really kind of very left yeah. field for me I feel like do you remember when you were growing up do you remember pixie sticks yes no. so they were little short this is when we thought you know what let's just fill the oceans with plastic um you remember those little short plastic tubes of sherbet? Like the ones that are like filled with sherbet. Yeah, I think that's we call it. I think yeah. we call them K-lines. I don't quite know why. K-lines. 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 Okay. I don't know why. K-lines. All right. It was just what was they were called in school. I feel like we've had this conversation before. K-lines. I don't remember this at all. I've never heard of. So that. if you remember K-lines, uh, uh, it, it's um, it's. You remember when you get like two or three of them and you'd be in the playground, you'd be like, and you just bang them back. And like, you wouldn't make a meal out of them. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't with that, you wouldn't be like, I'm going to have 20 of these. And that's what I'm going to have for dinner. You would have like one of them and be like, that's great. And that to me is what Chuchel is. It's this, it's this thing that is best enjoyed in short bursts because it's so much, it's so frothy and fizzy and energetic. Um, but you're right. I think it can be quite draining um, if yeah. if you're not in the it's, mood. It's like that time. It's it. It reminds me a bit about the time when, uh, and I remember it fondly when discos had a period of um, <laughs> of releasing their crisps, and in one in five crisps, they would have a fle- what they called a flavor bomb yeah. inside yeah. of it, which essentially would be the small little sachet yeah. of extra flavoring, yeah. and Disco's salt and vinegars are already quite the intense crisp, <laughs> but maybe what they were not anticipating for a small child in the West Midlands <laughs> to collect several of those packets together <laughs> and, then, oh. and then unleash them on one un- unsuspecting packet of oh. crisps. And Billy Batson became Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> How many years after that did your did it take for your taste buds to grow back? Yeah. Mm. Uh, they haven't. They haven't done. <laughs> He has he has a very unhealthy relationship with vinegar. I was going to say, is this why you have to have mm. so much vinegar now? Because it's the only way you could taste it. Yeah. 
yeah it's the only way it's the only way i can taste anything really is if it's vinegar based but yeah but that's what chutel's chutel is a disco's flavor bomb (laughs) jesus christ i mean i mean it's probably not a strap line they're gonna stick on the bottom no can i have some please 29 29 key skills but wait there's more you get all this business knowledge plus a grasp of marketing that is second nature (laughs) (laughs) Uh, any more numbers go on down shoot i'm gonna go with a number six oh number six (laughs) reason for leaving (laughs) (laughs) it was hard work (laughs) <laughs> That's smart. That's smart to put that on there. Blimey. You don't want them to think that you'd be able to do the hard work if you can't. Pete's still got one to... Uh... Oh, yeah, come on, go and get in. Mm. Another, a number. Can we go with number lucky number seven? Personal profile. <laughs> I be no stranger to double entry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think there's the explicit tag. I I loves numbers, and my wife and I loves journals and ledgers. Can also do tricky sums when I put my mind to it. Com- computer literat. <laughs> computer lit. Computer literat. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! This is the best. Here we one. go. This is the Here best. Here we go. Here we are, Sam. Here we are. Give us the encore, Sam. The curtain is closed and we're coming on. The audience is still <laughs> applauding. We go back on for our second bow. What is it? This is the best one. Yeah. Number 11. <laughs> right. No one could have written a better joke than this. If, if these are fake, the person who wrote them is a genius <laughs> just because of this. Right. Key skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's so your good. laughter is hyping it up. Okay. Okay. Perfectionist. With a keen eye for details. And it's the letter I. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is so layered. (laughs) That's like... that, that, That is some, like... That's like something you see in The Naked Gun or something. Like one of the visual gags. That's a crossword clue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh dearie me. <laughs> so that was staying in with myself, Sam Turner, Chris Darby, Peter Willington, and Daniel Frost. Thank you so much, you beautiful person for listening in to today's show it means so much to us if you'd like to help us out this year this 2020 20 plenty as peter called it and please tell plenty of people around you about how much you enjoy listening to our show we really appreciate it if you want to find out more information then stayinginpodcast.com has everything really links to our steam and board game geek curator pages also information on how you can get in touch with us via email twitter instagram all that business staying in pod pretty much anywhere if you'd like to see what we're up to in between shows but for now we'll leave you be have a nice day 
Bye-bye.